0: Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. You know what's crazy? There are so many different ways to be an RD, like in the clinical setting, or you can be a blogger, or maybe you have a private practice, or you have a combination of all of the things, or maybe you're a business coach for RDs. What's really cool is that our unique experiences can bring us on different paths to being RDs and how we like to serve our clients, our patients, or even each other. It's really freaking cool, isn't it? We'll talk more about that when I introduce today's guest, but I want to talk to you guys a little bit about collaboration within our space. Recently, I presented a webinar on collaboration in our field, and. There were six people who showed up, I think that's probably because collaboration isn't very common in our field. And a lot of the times we think that another RD is gonna steal our potential client or our actual client. And that kind of sucks. It takes a while to have more of an abundance and collaborative mindset, yes. But I think that we're closer than we think we are as a profession. So one way that I really love to collab with fellow RDs is through masterminding. The dietitian collaborative mastermind is epic we are about two and a half weeks in to the first round of this mastermind and i'm seeing these ladies grow leaps and bounds and really use and harness their uniqueness to create that source of residual income so they're coming together some of them have similar niches and some of them serve the same audience but they have Different goals. They have different long term goals. They have different short term goals. And seeing them come together in a way that highlights each of their strengths, each of their zones of genius, has been epic to watch. Granted, yes, I'm the facilitator, but like I'm also there to have conversations with them and help them reach those new heights and help them reach their new goals. And It's been really awesome to see people come together so collaboratively and really lifting each other up, not just within the mastermind, but also on social media. I've seen them post and repost things that each other has put out into the space as well and comment. and it's just so genuine. So I think that this is the future for fellow RDS. It's just going to take a little bit of time because it's still relatively new, but That doesn't mean that one small thing that we do can't change the whole dynamic of the space around us as well. So this week, reach out to a fellow RD, even if it's just a comment, even if it's just a like, maybe you really dig what they're doing and you want to DM them directly, I recommend doing so with a voice message. so They genuinely get to know that there's someone behind the screen and start that conversation. Okay. So now back to it. Today, our guest is Ashley Krautkramer. She is a dietitian specializing in bariatric surgery and weight management and diabetes since 2014. In 2021, she started her blog, The Vegan Bariatric Dietitian, to combine her love for bariatric surgery and veganism. She's been a vegan herself since around 2006, and the goal of the blog is to be able to help vegan bariatric surgery patients feel empowered to stay vegan after surgery. It's good to note here that she still has her full-time job at a local health system working as a diabetes educator, a general outpatient clinical RD, and a bariatric dietitian. Remember guys, we wear a shit ton of hats. So without further ado, Ashley Krautkramer. All right, everybody. I have Ashley Krautkramer here. What's up girl? Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah. Hi, thanks for having me what's up? Nothing much. It's early in the morning uh, here in Wisconsin, so nothing's happened yet.
0: All right. That's fair. I mean, as long as you have a warm beverage, I feel like that's a great start to the day. I do. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's dive into the three most important questions so that our audience really gets to know you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. One, what is your bucket list travel destination?
1: It's kind of a tie between Russia and India. I would really like to go to those places. I've been quite a few places in Europe and I really like it there. But as far as, you know, places that I've never been before, it would be, you know, either of those two because, I don't know, Russia just seems really interesting to me. And India, I really like the food. And so uh, that would be my big reason there. So
0: very cool. Yeah, those are vastly different places. So I hope that you get to visit one of them or both of them very soon. That's super cool. Me too. All right. Next one on the same world as the food train in India. If you had to choose, what is your all time favorite meal?
1: This probably sounds kind of silly, but, um, it's like a comfort food from my childhood. Uh, my grandma, uh, on my mom's side, makes this really delicious meal. It's like a family recipe. It's called potato dumplings, which it's not only potato dumplings, but it's like shredded cabbage that's been fried in oil. And then the dumplings are made with a peeled raw potato that you put in the blender and just liquefy it. Yeah. And then you mix it with flour. And then you boil like these little strips of the dumpling, I guess. And then you mix it together. And then you basically eat just that with like butter or margarine on top of it and then salted and pepper and nobody really knows exactly like what nationality that recipe is when I tried to look it up online it didn't really seem like something that I could find but I think we might be calling it the wrong name yeah but maybe that it was something Slavic or Hungarian or something like that but nobody really knows so it that would amazing. be it And perfect
0: on a really cold day.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. (laughs) And normally we would have it like last month, but my grandma didn't make it. But it's a lot of work uh, for her and my grandpa because they have to shred all this cabbage. And, you know, for everybody in the family that really likes it. And, you know, everybody eats just a ton of it because we don't get it very often. So (laughs) she's got to make these gigantic, you know, dishes of it. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. And then our last question, I feel like we know you already, but the last question, (laughs) coffee or cocktails?
1: Well, I mean, I like both, but if I had to pick one that I would have just for like the fun and the taste of it, I would probably pick cocktails. And in Wisconsin, if you're talking like a mixed drink cocktail, our big one is uh, an old fashioned, we call it. I don't know if you've ever had that. And in Wisconsin, yeah, it seems like (laughs) they're made differently than other places hmm. you can have it sweet or sour so like sweet is like you know sprite or something like that and then sour is squirt and then you can use a mix otherwise there's like bitters and then whiskey or brandy I don't know my grandparents know how to make it but yeah that, that, that. would probably be it yeah
0: <laughs> I think you're right there is a little bit more flexibility in the cocktail world as far as flavors go so mm-hmm. I understand from that perspective
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: definitely. So now that we know literally everything about you, tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming an RD and the areas that you have worked in and currently Mm -hmm. work in.
1: Well, I started out in my university college days as a biology major because I like science. And I I thought that I wanted to do some type of work with animals because I really like those. (laughs) and. (laughs) But then after a semester, I, I kind of wasn't really sure what I was going to do with that. And also in college is the time when I became vegan. And, you know, everybody, this was in 2006. So nobody really knew what that was. And everybody just thought <laughs> like I was going to die. Right. And um, <laughs> so then I thought, well, I was looking through the course catalog at the university that I was attending. And I thought, oh, dietetics, that sounds fun. I like food. I'll do that, I guess. And, um, and also for like selfish reasons, like, oh, nobody's going to tell me anything. I'm going to be the one that knows everything about nutrition. And if somebody wants to try to tell me that I can't be vegan, well, I just know more than them, so they can't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> that was probably the main reason why I did that. And then after I finished my university degree, and then I had a few years where I worked as a dietetic technician. And worked in the kitchen at uh, the hospital that I still work for. And then I did my internship, which was a nine month program. And then I became an RD in 2014. And so my first dietitian role was inpatient clinical dietitian, but not long after I started working in the outpatient clinical side of things, just because I, I wanted to work full time. Uh, and then also uh, bariatrics, because they needed somebody else in there. And I'm not sure why I got chosen to go there. Probably nobody else wanted to do it. Um, <laughs> and so then I was doing all that stuff, which is cool. Our, you know, inpatient dietitian role is pretty involved. You know, I was writing two feeding and TPN orders independently. And so it's not like I was boring, but it wasn't yeah. like my calling, I guess. And so then this year, I stopped doing that. So I was just kind of getting tired of doing all of these things and I didn't have enough hours to keep up on it and so now I just do diabetes education which is like you know all manners of that and then bariatric surgery.
0: So let's I, just be clear bariatric yeah. surgery wasn't necessarily your first choice right like
1: um, I mean I've always been interested Okay cool but I didn't know that I would actually be able to do it because there was in our hospital system just one bariatric dietitian for the longest time, and so I didn't really know that they were looking for anybody else. But then, person needs a backup person. Totally. Uh, what if they need to go on medical leave, right? And so yeah. then that's how I kind of got in there. But I didn't, I didn't really start to love it until I was doing it longer and that I felt more involved. So it took a little while, but now it's my favorite thing, and I'd rather do that, you know, every day than the other stuff, but you know, maybe with time.
0: (laughs) It's all a balance. Yeah. I feel like, especially when you're, when you're working within the confines of a clinical world, right? Like Mm -hmm. take what you can get in some areas and like be really thankful that you have exposure to that area Mm -hmm. when you do. Okay. So with bariatric surgery in this form, you're working mostly with outpatients clients. Is that, is that pretty accurate?
1: Yeah. For the bariatric surgery, part of things I work with patients before they have surgery and after, um, and we work, you know, closely with a interdisciplinary team. So we have a exercise physiologist. Um, we have, uh, you know, obviously two surgeons, their advanced practice clinicians that they work with, and then just other, uh, support staff. We have a psychologist that works with us. And so we all work together pretty closely, which is nice because, I feel like that really, you know, puts forward the mindset that obesity is not just treated by seeing a dietitian and somebody just doing what they're told, you know, like that's not how that works. (laughs) So it's nice to have the whole team there.
0: And I think that that kind of lends, I mean, granted, this podcast is called the Dietitian Collaborative, but I think Mm -hmm. seeing an interdisciplinary team work in that way as well towards completing a goal of Mm -hmm. like helping a patient go from point A to point B and then beyond. Mm -hmm. I think that there's also something to say of collaborating in that sense in the medical space as well, whether Mm -hmm. it be in clinical, in outpatient, in just our worlds in general. So I love that that's your day-to-day and that you have the ability to be in such a collaborative space with people and they actually take what you're saying into account. There's something, something about
1: that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like we are, you know, really valued and our opinion matters and things like that. And so that's really nice. I think in our health system in general, that tends to be, you know, the trend anywhere that I had worked, whether it was inpatient or with diabetes or bariatric surgery. And so that's, that's really nice. We're definitely not just giving out cardiac diet education, you
0: know? Yeah, totally understood. Okay. So tell me a little bit, because your Instagram handle reflects this and your blog reflects this. So you work with bariatric patients, but you're also a vegan. So these are your two loves kind of together, kind of separate. So I would love to know how you blend these two worlds and make veganism an option or help bariatric patients make veganism an option uh, during this process for them and maybe even beyond?
1: So I help them make it an option by showing them how they can do it through the information on my blog and in my Facebook group because they're going to do it anyways, right? (laughs) And uh, bariatric programs telling people that they can't do that after surgery, that they have to eat meat or other animal products, that's not helpful because Most of the time, people are vegan for ethical reasons, and they're not just going to say, oh, well, it's better for my health. I'm just not going to do that anymore. That's not (laughs) the case. And so uh, I want to help them by providing the education that, that they're lacking and that they're trying to find, but they just can't. I'm in a couple Facebook groups with these people, and that is the major Complaint. You know, nobody will help me. Not that their program doesn't want to help them. They just don't know how a lot of times. Yeah. And so providing that knowledge basically for them and support. I don't currently work with patients one-on-one or in groups. I find a couple things of why I didn't want to do that. One is that I see plenty of people in my normal job and I'm (laughs) not really looking to see (laughs) any more. Two, dietitian licensure laws like scare the crap out of me and I don't really care to be involved with that whole situation. (laughs) And so I just decided to leave that alone. Maybe in the future, I don't know. I have people ask me if I could, uh, but I just... I, I don't really want to right now. That's fair.
0: Can I can I ask you then? So yeah. are these people who are looking for veganism post-surgery, are they typically vegans beforehand? Is that what I'm understanding?
1: Uh, that's my impression. Uh, but there okay. are some who are not, of course. Um, I yeah. actually uh, heard a story from one of my patients that I see in my regular job that uh, she wanted to eat. You know more vegetarian and vegan now you know after she's had bariatric surgery this was during a a support group that we have i lead some support groups for our patients that she had mentioned that so i didn't really get to talk to her about it um Mm -hmm. but yeah so i guess both but i think more so they're they're vegan beforehand
0: got it okay and then I think you have a very unique perspective on this show right now because typically I talk to people who are like solopreneurs in some way, shape, or form, but I'd love to hear your perspective of staying in the outpatient slash clinical world, but also feeling this need to support people in a different way as well. Like Where, like, where did those two, I guess, align and you've mentioned already your hesitations to doing like private practice Mm one-on-one, but I would love to know what led you to just being a support for people
1: out there. Well, it started actually, gosh, it must be more than a year ago. Uh, In 2019, I stumbled across Erica Jolson's course about SEO. And so I took that, I didn't have a website. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) And I just had thought, oh, maybe there's, you know, something else that I could be doing because, well, it probably stemmed more out of reasons for my own personal benefit rather than helping others. But I think just part of my, you know, profession is helping others. And so that's that's what I'm doing. But as far as why I'm doing it, I think was more for my own reasons because I can't see myself continuing to work 40 hours a week. And never get the pay that I want. And it's just never going to happen at the job that I'm at. We get very minimal raises. um, And I think probably paid below the average. And I I just can't do that for the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) Girl, I get that.
1: Yeah. And so I wanted another, you know, potential way to make income. Yeah. And so I didn't really start doing anything until I... Did Katie Dodd's Blogging Accelerator program. Yes! <laughs> yeah, and so that's how I got my blog set up and really started. And then in October, I joined her mastermind, her blog boss mastermind. And so that's really helped me to move forward a lot more uh, in having the other, I think there's six other dietitians and then her uh, that are in there. And we communicate like every day and just share what's going on and get support. And that's been really helpful, too.
0: I think that that's a great tip. Like whether you've like meant it to be a tip or not, I feel like that's a really big takeaway for RDs who may still be in that clinical space or in that outpatient space, but don't necessarily want to see additional clients Mm one-on-one. Like there are other ways to increase your revenue and Katie Dodd's a baller at it. Mm -hmm. I actually met her at Fancy like three years ago and she was like just starting all of this and to like see where she's come, baller.
1: If you guys don't know who she
0: is, I'll link her down below, Mm -hmm. but Ashley, I think you make a really good point. Like having that support is essential. Whether, whether you want to launch something and like do a program with clients, or you want to launch a blog or some type of side hustle, having support is so crucial because then you have people around you. You're literally surrounding yourself with people who are going through it and maybe they see something from a different perspective. So Is there anything, like any big takeaways that you can say that you've learned or have really enjoyed about like being in this type of mastermind?
1: I would say yes to all of the things that you said, but (laughs) also the accountability because I would probably do something, but it would take me like 10 years, right? To get to where I want to. But since I have these other people that I'm talking to, I'm going to do... The things that I said that I'm gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> so that is probably the biggest thing because I tend to be more of like a introvert, private person. I'm not out there like telling everybody what I'm doing. Like telling my husband, like, "Hey, I'm gonna write three blog posts this month." I mean, maybe I mention it, but he's not gonna check, you know. And say, "Hey, <laughs> did you write your blog posts?" Whereas they're gonna check, you know. Yeah. And then I have to, you know, talk about why I didn't do that. And so that has been really helpful. I think that's the biggest help that's
0: been. Yeah. I've worked with several business coaches along the way. And what's funny is that I'm in the process of actually writing a blog post, kind of kvetching about things that I wish I would have known then that Uh I do differently now. But like, guys, it, it really is like finding a balance of like something that works for you. And just because it works for someone else doesn't mean that it's going to be the best fit for you. So I Mm -hmm. love that you recognized early on that like opening a traditional private practice was like not what you wanted, but you found a different way to increase income and doing it in a way that feels good to you where you're getting support. And yes, girl, alignment. That is Mm -hmm. alignment. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. In this space, tell me a little bit about other art Collaborations that you would like to do, whether it be on your blog, perhaps on Instagram? Are there any RDs out there in the world, Uh, whether it be like super niche down or maybe someone who's a little bit more general? Who do you want to collab with? Like, what would that look like for you?
1: One thing that I had thought about, and I don't know if this is like the answer exactly that you're looking for, but. Universe Girl. Yeah. I (laughs) am wanting to make more recipes for my patients because that is what a lot of them are looking for, especially for the different diet stages that they go through after surgery. And also they're, especially during that time, less of an issue later on, but earlier on they have pretty specific, you know, nutrition needs as far as macronutrients. So recipes that fit that, but I am not a good recipe maker. (laughs) So that would be probably the thing that would be best or one of the great things for me to collaborate on. And I would love to make like paid products for my people, you know, recipes for the full liquid diet stage for the pureed diet stage. I can make one off like here and there, but I don't think I'm really capable of making a whole book. Like,
0: Girl, I already have like four RDs in mind who I think would be an awesome connection for you. So I will definitely do that.
1: Yeah, let me know.
0: People out there who dig doing recipes, whether you're an RD or kind of just in the blog field, I feel mm-hmm. like this could be a really cool opportunity to learn about a different area as well. Because if you're not in the bariatric world, but you enjoy doing recipes, this could be a really fun collaboration. I always talk about mm-hmm. like working in your jo- zones of genius and excellence versus your zones of competence. Like you just said, like you can make them look pretty, but like that's not your, like that's not your joy, you know? No. So, like, if you like, this is a great opportunity to collab with like fellow RDs or someone else in the blog world space to work within your zone of genius and excellence, understanding like the fundamentals of these diets, but not necessarily creating the content that like goes out with it. So Mm -hmm. guys, there's always room to collab and, and grow and like work within each other's zones of excellence slash not competence, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That is not my my zone of genius making recipes.
0: That's fair, girl. It works. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Well, Ashley, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Tell the good RDs out there where they can find you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: sure. So my blog is uh, just veganbariatricdietitian.com. And then I am also on Instagram, which is at vegan.bariatric.dietitian. Uh, I do have accounts on probably every other social media out there, (laughs) but I don't really, I'm not really active on them. I just don't want anybody to steal my name. So uh, those are probably the two main places. I also have a, a Facebook group, but that's really more patient oriented. I mean, you can join it if you want to. Vegan Bariatric Nutrition Support Group is my Facebook group. So
0: Excellent. Cool. Well, girl, it has been a pleasure. People, if you feel like you can be a good collab partner for Ashley, feel free to reach out. Her info will be below and see you next week. Ciao. (laughs) Sometimes we want more out of our day job and that doesn't necessarily mean opening up a completely different outpatient practice. Sometimes that can mean starting a blog and helping people in a different way, right? So like if you don't want to see a million clients a day in your clinical job and then After your clinical job, there are so many ways to have a side hustle as an RD, or maybe that eventually becomes your main hustle. But remember that you don't have to stick to someone else's blueprint. You don't have to stick to the mold of what a quote unquote private practice RD looks like. There are so many different ways to dietitian. Let's recap. One, don't discredit the amount of collaboration that can happen in the clinical or outpatient settings. You can be a vital member of the medical team. Two. If you want a side hustle, but don't want to see more patients, there are other ways to increase your revenue, like blogging. Three, having support is essential. Surround yourself with those who can help lift you up. That may be a Facebook group, a business coach, or even a mastermind group. See guys, those were her words, not mine. Proving that it really is important to have this community around you, someone to help lift you up and be there for you which is why I love my mastermind so much and the ladies who took the chance on me really to, to be part of it. But I've seen that this is really what our industry needs more people coming together and yeah, there are other masterminds out there and guess what? They're doing things completely differently because those are their unique experiences and, and no, do I feel threatened by that? Not at all. I'm stoked that other people are seeing the value of what a mastermind can bring our field together and dietitians closer to collaboration with each other and to help them grow their businesses and themselves. So all that to say, remember that the waitlist is still open for the dietitian collaborative mastermind, Retreat Yourself, which is in September. Uh, if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the last episode where I have the full breakdown of what that looks like. But in the interim, in the next couple of weeks, I will be starting the second round of the Dietitian Mastermind, which consists of six weeks of a very intimate mastermind with fellow RDs. So I will give you guys some more information on that in the coming week. All right. Until next time. Ciao.